0: Welcome to Life Bites, Bite Back. I think one of the um, things that really bites the worst is maybe mental illness, mental health challenges. Myself, I've gone through some times, and I'll share that here in just a minute and then ask you some questions. Um, but um, first, I just need to let everyone know that I want to remind everyone I'm not a licensed professional in the healthcare field. Um, The only degrees I've ever been given (laughs) were through life experience. I'm in no way advising a specific plan for any specific individual. Please reach out for therapy, reach out to your doctor, reach out to family members um, if you are struggling. Um, Today I have with me a friend, Donna Frick. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Um, Donna is a registered nurse. I am. Okay. And she has worked many um many moons in the healthcare <laughs> and um you know hospital type setting. So even though you're not working as a psychologist or anything, you had to deal with quite a bit coming through the hospital, I imagine. I
1: I have and you know, I've, I I talk to uh, senior nursing students um, a couple times a year. Uh, at OU where I um, graduated from and I tell all of them you know I, I'm guessing none of you have have planned a, a career in behavioral health or mental health but guess what you get one it's part of the package because everybody <laughs> who is entering the healthcare system in any way has some level of stress on some somewhere on the stress anxiety spectrum there you will find them because the, the health system is so erratic and so underfunded in so many areas and so difficult to navigate mm. itself and then you add you know mental illness and mental health concerns that you've got a whole a whole other dynamic to deal with right you know, so
0: okay um so i looked up some things it says 20.6% of us adults experience mental health issues this represents one in five mm-hmm. adults mm-hmm. um that's a lot. I it, mean, it is. It you is a can't lot. get through your day without right. experiencing you know, a couple dozen that are probably struggling. Right. 5.2% experienced, experienced serious mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, this represents 1 in 20 adults. Again, as I go throughout my day, dropping my kid off at school, going to the gym, being in an exercise class, what, I'm also going to run across someone who likely struggles with a serious mental illness. Or a couple of someone's, as a matter of fact, um, the biggest challenge people with mental illness face, um, one of, in one of the opinions, is social interactions. What do you, how do you feel about that?
1: Anyone with, and um, I would encourage anybody who's really interested in getting into the nitty gritty to read a book by um, my. Dear Departed Friend, DJ Jaffe, it's called Insane Consequences and it will break down what the mental illness system is dealing with and what the issues and the struggles are, not only for the mentally ill, but for the mental health practitioners. Um, But (laughs) access to care is difficult because... We've bred into our society that we need to buck up and just deal with things.
0: <laughs> well, I was gonna bring mm-hmm. that up. Like, so back, I'm was born in 1970. Mm-hmm. So in the 70s and 80s, I never heard of mental mm-hmm. illness. It was, you know, you're down in the dumps, or you got a case of the blues, yeah. or pull yourself up by those bootstraps and keep <laughs> suck on it up, going. Buttercup. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Unfortunately, um, the world that we live in today. Is not not a, a lot of people don't have bootstraps to pull themselves up with, and those are coping skills and coping mechanisms, and haven't necessarily had maybe the right family support or have faced some sort of trauma in their lifetime that has zapped those coping skills if they ever developed them in the first place. So, so getting so somebody to so what do you
0: feel like? So what what was the deal with us in the 70s and 80s? Like, was I, mental illness not there? It, it,
1: it was there. It, yeah, it was definitely there. I, I think, and honestly, in looking back at that time, um, I just, <laughs> this is my personal opinion, not my nursing one, but <laughs> I just feel like that we were a different society at that point in time. And I feel like in the last maybe decade, for instance, I've seen a just drastic decline in the way that we treat each other as human beings and I don't see the same level of community support that I saw then Uh, I personally and I know that if my husband were here he would be you know clapping in the background I feel like technology has zapped us as a society I was going to ask that and I personally do you feel like it
0: contributes to mental illness do you feel like it can um, be the 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 match that lit the candle I on do, it. I
1: do, I do, honestly, because you know, for instance, I was just back in Wilmington, Delaware, for a few days, and stayed in New Jersey with my my cousin Jennifer, who actually lives on the same street as her dad, and her sister lives a few houses down. That's a very uncommon oh, thing these yeah, days. No, no, that's not a norm. Yeah, no. and we talk about a lot about our our childhood on holly hill which is probably going to be the name of the book that we're going to end up writing but in that on that street which is a real a real street in in wilmington delaware down the street from the church that my great-grandfather built with his bare hands with nine other ukrainian immigrants there was a grouping of families that lived on that street that were um friends that went to church together and literally interacted with one another on a daily basis there was no going inside and getting on your phone or going and getting in front of a computer screen or even a television there was a lot of interaction with one another they probably knew more about us as kids than they needed to know but still they supported each other they were the casserole ladies that you know if somebody was sick they just showed up and filled your kitchen with food And we don't have that kind of a society anymore. We're very disconnected from one another. Not just geographically, but emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I just... You know, there was. this is a time when I could go up the street. My grandparents live at 24 Holly Hill Road. If I was having a bad day, I could go up to 32 and I could talk to my grandmother's friend mm-hmm. about what was going on. And she would just say, well, now listen, Donna, here's what I think. And then she would, you know, in her own sweet way, you know, um, in an amateur way. Tell you to straighten up. counsel Counsel me back to what I needed to do and help me to refocus. In a way that I don't think she realized she was counseling me. She was just telling me what she thought I
0: needed to know. Um, okay. So, really, that lady mm-hmm. is what my grandmother was. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so have we lost that multi generational influence so. on our kids? Yeah. I We're not so. as involved with our great grandparents right. or our, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Okay.
1: Yes. And that's why, again, my aunt was 104 or 105 and eight months, years old. That was her li- her life spanned a century of time. She was born before women had the right to vote. She had a huge Im- impact on the community of Wilmington. And she was not just the matriarch. She was the little lady that everybody respected and went to for advice. But not just that, it's just the way that we all just connected to one another and now we're texting one another and we're you know if somebody didn't show up to church they came looking for you like Mm -hmm. they'd show up at your house to make sure you were okay right if you anything was out of line in your life they were going to know and they were going to swoop in definitely we had had a better um
0: community better tribe right um there was you know, a tribe. When and they always say, I love my tribe, you know, yeah. definitely growing up back then. Um, my mom had a supper club group. It, um, my aunt Janita and her husband and then um, the Colsons, my mm-hmm. mom and dad. There was just, you know, mm-hmm. several couples. Yeah. And they would all go out to supper together, you know, um, once a month or something. Or we would get together and they would all play spades. And... Um, yeah, we don't have that. We don't really get together unless it's for a social media worthy event. Right. And then we take pictures of
1: everything and you know, everything has to be made so public. And that's I mean, that's fine, but I think we need to get to the core of of who we are and what we need from each other in that in that in that group. It's it needs to be a real Uh, A real legitimate connection. Um, Yeah. You know, I just and I'm not suggesting that that is the answer for someone with severe mental illness because that requires medical intervention. Okay. And that that's so definitely.
0: That's what I hope to accomplish today. Um, We're going to cover, and there's really not a a name that I know of for it, but so for lack of a better term, a typical mental health issue Mm -hmm. versus a serious mental illness Um, because right now I think everybody just feels like everything's all connected and that may be why there may be a stigma who people just Mm -hmm. going through a hard time and really kind of in clinical depression, Mm -hmm. you know, ends up feeling like, I don't want to be classified with, Mm -hmm. you know, the multiple personality guy, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So in my life and I'm just, I never have a problem being open, you know, about Mm -hmm. stuff, (laughs) But um, when we get to the point where um, it involves my kids or my husband or my sisters or my, you know, whatever, you know, I get a little bit more careful. Um, In my own life, I went through a time in my marriage. My husband was really struggling. Um, He had um, a substance abuse issue in his life, and so we went through a over a decade of, you know, really difficult stuff. During that time, I was working outside the home. We had five kids in the house, and um, my four girls and the boy we adopted. And um, so, trying to deal with everything because when he was in the situation he was in, I mean, he was really good at having fun with the kids. (laughs) And he was really good. like, if I said so and so needs to be here at this time, he was all over it. Like, mm-hmm. he would do those things for me when it came to um, paying the bills, disciplining, um, you know, any of the hard stuff. Um, he would pass the buck, the responsibilities. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 he would pass it off to me. Um, uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot of ways that was really awful and traumatic for me, there's a lot of ways that I like, probably had the best case scenario of having to deal with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it still took a toll on me. Yeah. I was working outside the home in downtown Tulsa. And I got, I just got, you know, I started withdrawing from everyone. Mm-hmm. I started being a little bit paranoid. Like, if people wanted to, you know, talk to me or whatever, I'm mm-hmm. like, in my head, I'm just mm-hmm. like, you don't even like me. What are you doing here? I'm like, <laughs> fake so yeah, and so, you know, yeah, yeah. and I just couldn't. And as soon as they would walk away, you know, and and even if I enjoyed the moment with them, I still, as soon as they walked away, I was like, "You suck," you know? <laughs> yeah. and then you know, and talk, like the name of this podcast is like, I mean, life bites, and it bit me mm-hmm. that hard, you mm-hmm. know, and I began to be like um, sleepy, mood swings, um, you just. Chronic pain. Chronic pain. Chronic pain was another one. Mm -hmm. And um, so I went to, uh, well, uh, as it kept getting worse and kept getting worse, there was, I started, okay, I've got to start getting up on my breaks and at lunch and walk around the block at least once, Mm -hmm. you know, or walk several blocks because I am dying here. I had gotten to the point where I was crawling under my desk laying on the floor and setting an alarm on my phone for 15 minutes. I remember you telling me about minutes.
1: that when we were, we were at the lake, I think, for that something with the church. I remember you telling me, I'm crawling under my desk to
0: take naps, for God's sake, you know? <laughs> right. And, you know, and it was so, we- it was absolutely weird because I could, you know? Yeah. I would get down there, I would set my alarm, and uh-huh. I was asleep in a, within uh-huh. 30 to 60 seconds. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't working. Right. I, I still spent the rest of the afternoon just, you know, tired mm-hmm. and... I could not function. Brain fuzz, you know. And um so I started walking around the block. And I think I did that for about a month. And on three separate occasions, complete strangers mm-hmm. stopped me and with a an actual look of concern on their face said, mm-hmm. Are you okay? So you know, I mean how oh miserable did I (laughs) does a person have to look Mm -hmm. for a complete stranger to just walk up to you and be like are you okay I don't know you but I'm concerned about you (laughs) right and I was like dude I did my makeup this morning (laughs) I actually combed my hair you know and I'm like I was so frustrated with that so I knew and I knew that my family must be suffering all these little girls I had at the house and everything Mm -hmm. and you know I just tried to muscle through it for the longest time but um so then uh a few weeks after that third uh, encounter um it was raining and nobody could go outside for a walk and so everybody had congregated near my desk and I hadn't dove under there to take a nap. <laughs> so I'm listening to all the, you know, chitter-chatter and you know everybody's giggling and laughing at different points and and then at one point everybody laughed at the same time and i told myself you should laugh right now because a normal person would smile or laugh right now mm-hmm. and the medi- mm-hmm. immediately when that went through my mind i was like oh, mm-hmm. i have a i have a really a problem mm-hmm. and uh, you know so i went to my doctor and i Hate to cry, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I cannot keep myself from it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm, you know, sit sit down in the doctor's chair, and I'm like, <sighs> mm-hmm. and I couldn't even speak it. I just started crying, just
1: started pouring out, right? Yeah. Yep.
0: And she was like, I've been seeing this coming, and she said, so she goes, don't get worked up. She said, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna give you something, you know. And of course, so the first thing that that I thought or experienced was that um, a lot of people in the Christian community, and I am a believer, I mm-hmm. am a Christian, I, yes. whatever, um, organized religion is so infiltrated with legalism mm-hmm. that immediately I was told I just needed to have more faith or that I, you know... Find your strength in God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pray about that. You know, and and finally it it. came Mm -hmm. to me, you know, like, I was like, listen, Mm -hmm. I believe Mm -hmm. and I believe that God can deliver me Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I believe in miracles and I believe whatever. I do believe all that. But a lot of times there is a significant amount of time that passes between your amen Mm -hmm. and the actual appearance of the answer to that prayer, how exactly am I supposed to live in the middle? Mm-hmm. You know, I because
1: at the wait because your answer is either yes, no, or wait. Yeah. You know, come when it's time, in its time, in his time. But, you know, when when you hear that it's frustrating to me because as a believer my entire life, who I feel like my faith is strong, um, he is delivering you. He provided you the pathway for help. That is how he's delivering you. He, You have a doctor who identifies what you need. Right. And we're given these healthcare professionals. And there's no way you cannot walk that journey with boundless faith right. at, at all times.
0: Well, it's because I I was clinically depressed. <laughs> yes. So my brain wasn't Severely exactly putting puzzle ex- pieces together exactly. properly to begin with. You know?
1: And depression that's that's the thing too is that and i know
0: that Well, let me finish here's my here's my thing yeah i am no longer clinically depressed Mm -hmm. um so that's that's like a beginning question for people like if you have clinical depression do you have it your whole life like are some of the mental illnesses can they come and go in your lifetime well it's you know
1: i I just try to compare it to something like cancer it doesn't just because you have breast cancer doesn't mean that it metastasizes through your body and you die you know you may be successfully treated and never have a recurrence of that cancer again your entire life and many women do okay and sometimes men you know they can get it too so it depends on your level of treatment, identification, proper diagnosis in the beginning, um, you know, I have, I've pushed back and pushed back and on my own care for a long time as well, because I was so laser focused on, can make Taylor well, keep him safe, keep him, you know, and all of those things, but he is in another, he's in another category, he's in a severe mental illness category, and it just sucked the life out of me, but, you know, <clears throat> healthcare is mental health is healthcare and if people don't address these mental health issues and challenges it will continue to devolve into a situation like yours where you're crawling under a desk where you go into your doctor's office and you completely just collapse into a puddle of tears mm-hmm. you know i mean it, it it will always it will always progress i think i remember jim Jim Stratton saying, this has always stuck with me, <coughs> is if you don't make time for your wellness, you're going to make time for your illness. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly true. That is 100% true. If you don't take care of these things, and, and as moms and as women, but especially as mothers, we're always pushing these things to the side. Mm-hmm because we got to take care of these babies, and we got to make sure these kids are okay, and they're, you know, they're always your baby, um, forever and ever. So, you know, we, we just need to learn that it is part of the, your brain is part of your body, and if you're not taking care of the things that are affecting it, then it's going to affect the other parts of your body. You're mm-hmm. going to get ill, in some fashion to the point where you're not functional. And that's when people end up, you know, a lot of times with anxiety, depression, it continues to devolve and Mm -hmm. they end up in the hospital and just need a different treatment plan for that. But even with Taylor, his treatment plan changes all the time, you Mm. know? So, but that's, you know, that's next level stuff right there.
0: Okay. So, um, She put me on some antidepressant Mm -hmm. that also had a painkiller in it because I had, like, even my neck and shoulders, my muscles Mm -hmm. just stayed in a charley horse
1: Mm -hmm. Mm 24-7.
0: And so I had that, and I had rheumatoid arthritis, so Mm -hmm. of course I had joint pain and everything going with all of this wonderfulness. So she put me on, I believe it was Cymbalta, Mm -hmm. um, that was supposed to help a little bit with pain but also be an antidepressant. And um, I did really, really well on it. Um, You know, I mean, it's not for everyone and, you know, whatever. But um, I did really well on it. Um, It allowed me, it took just enough of the edge off of me to be able to do the work it took to get better, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, because I'm taking it as well, so I get you. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Yes. So, um, so during that time, then once I had that antidepressant medication, it was just like, okay, that took enough of my stress and like compartmentalized it, put it in a little box and hid it from my brain. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was able to do the hard work that I didn't have the energy for Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that there's been a couple of times in my life, um, when it just seemed like I was overloaded or things were horrifically bad Mm -hmm. for a loved one or whatever that I would start to feel myself, um, you know, isolate. Mm-hmm. You know, friends would call or whatever and I'm like, just text me please. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And um so I could feel that starting, but mm-hmm. I was able to recognize it early enough mm-hmm. that I really haven't gone back on right. the medication, but I saw all the warning signs and I was better prepared to fight them. Those are your coping skills that you grew out
1: of that situation. So right. now you can identify those right situations before they,
0: you know, balloon out of control. Oh yeah. So so, what would you consider be like a typical mental illness besides depression, which I obviously feel like is not a serious mental illness? Severe, <clears throat>
1: severe mental illness categories are major depressive disorder, um, <clears throat> which people can become extremely functional with. Um, I consider myself... At this point, relatively functional, and I do have that diagnosis. Mm. Um, I have, in the past, when I was not treated, withdrawn from everything, as you, as you put it. Um, church, I, I, I just, I couldn't go and see happy people because I couldn't process how they got to the point of you didn't joy. have the energy to
0: rise up to the point no. to figure it no. out. I, yeah. No, I get it. there
1: wasn't that energy. I isolated from everything and everyone. And that's when I got to just kind of that functional place of I can get back and forth to work, but it zaps everything I have while I'm at work faking like I'm okay for eight hours and then going home and then I'm just done um and I have all my dogs at home to make it better when I get there then bipolar which is categorized as a type one and type two and and that one is a more has the propensity to be more aggressive and Mm -hmm. have rage outburst um
0: and so this is bipolar one. bipolar
1: type one bipolar type two um not so much of that more um that's what my sister in law has and um either one of them can still more so the type one can have psychotic episodes or psychotic features okay and then um schizophrenia, which gets a fancy title of schizoaffective it is literally a name it's just the name it's it means there is no difference between schizoaffective and schizophrenia they're in the same category together it's it's just with schizoaffective they hear voices they have visual and auditory hallucinations both um and they can't be argued out of their reality their reality is what it is if they see a demon in the window, you're not going to be able to convince them there's not a demon in the window because they are seeing that demon. Okay. So <clears throat> those are the three major, so that's what's in the SMI category. Now, in like DJ, as I referred to earlier, he calls he calls them the worried well. He said, I'm not saying they don't need medical attention, <laughs> but they're overall functional people who have worries and concerns and stress and depression and anxiety and all maybe PTSD, those things that need to be addressed, but they don't require immediate hospitalization when the worst of their illness presents itself and they're not, you know, they're not in danger of harming themselves or anyone else because they're having, you know, inadvertent suicidal thoughts and things like that. These are people that you see about your day that are functional, that's that fake normal, you know, and get, get on through their day. But at any moment, you know, they may just have a panic attack or something along those lines. So um, those are literally, half the people you run into at walmart you know right so every day
0: right that okay so another um quote i found many factors contribute to mental health conditions trauma history of abuse biological factors family history of mental illness yes would there be others
1: um there there is definitely a genetic predisposition for the SMI category. So like that that severe mental illness grouping. Okay. The three um, you mentioned. Yes. Okay. With the only other thing I would add to that that's really become more understood is bullying. Um oh. bullying has a profound effect on people Um, on kids especially depending on what age that starts um, and what kind of support they have um, a lot of kids hide that too they don't tell their parents because they're embarrassed by it Um, that's why I wish that I know there are people with great intentions out there but the bullying initiatives need to be more aggressive and there need to be more aggressive repercussions for kids
0: that are bullying there needs to be more Aggressive repercussions for TikTok challenges. Amen. <laughs> I mean, come on. Amen. Th- yes. And mm-hmm. where are the parents? No. I, like, yeah. I wouldn't have surfaced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For a good six months, if I had intentionally tried to rip a soap dispenser off the wall at my high
1: school, (laughs) or the ones where they're (laughs) supposed to assault one of the teachers, yeah, we're not doing that. Um, You know, Dot Bryson isn't allowed.
0: Listen, I mean, and and I grew up on a farm, and my dad would have had me knee deep in pig slop, and (laughs) you know, uh, all of it. I I would not have gotten to come to town. Period. Yeah, ever. Yeah. And uh, I say that because at fifty, what did I do? Okay, (laughs) well, uh, at 15, my parents had gone to Texas and left me home alone. I Mm -hmm. was 15. Mm -hmm. You can imagine what all happened. And so I'm trying to burn some evidence before they get back home, and I caught the corral on fire down at the barn and had to call the fire department, and you know. (laughs) But here's the thing I got, I was 15, almost 16, I got the Mm whooping of my life Mm -hmm. I'm you know and I say it all the time because I'm like I'm probably the only person you know that got her last whooping Mm -hmm. at 16 yeah but I I said it even that day I said it and I say it again I deserved every minute of Mm -hmm. it and my parents were trustworthy in Mm -hmm. getting a whooping I mean there was never a you know hit me with a broomstick or like it never crossed into Mm -hmm abuse, you know? And, um, so, um, I, for six weeks after six weeks, that's a long stinking time, which, you know, coincidentally took me to the end of the school year. So basically I had no life, you know, Mm -hmm. prom was going to be in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and so my parents did give on prom, but I didn't get, I, my mom dropped me off at the doors. And she picked me up promptly at midnight, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was super yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. I hated it, um, yeah. but boy did I learn a lesson, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I feel like yeah, bullying. What about mm-hmm. substance abuse? Uh, that's definitely a problem, and that
1: is something that my husband, the the pharmacy guy, has studied a lot. Um, You know, and he can, he can read those really profound studies that I can't because they get into all the chemical equations and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what any of that means. But he has said that marijuana use under the age of 18 really pushing up to 1920 is very, very, very unsafe in an underdeveloped brain because the brain development does not stop, especially in males until really about. 21-22 and um so he al- although he was he's a proponent for the appropriate medical usage with cancer patients and with people in pain and with you know people with persistent other issues um, he is absolutely adamant that kids under age should not be able to gain access to it they should you know, I don't know how you regulate that. We've never been able to regulate it before,
0: but, right. um, of course we're moving towards the fact know, that we, we can't regulate, we've never been able to regulate, regulate this. Anything. So now we're yeah. just going to, it's just going to be, <clears throat> now the, it's just going to be a free for all. It's, it's
1: going to be a quick trip before you know it, you know, <laughs> advocate, so, <laughs> yes, yeah. I'll
0: take a time yeah. out and do. Uh-huh. And yes, yeah, exactly. My, yeah. Um, so, okay, let's see. I covered that. Half of all um, mental illness show early signs before a person turns 14. Mm -hmm. Three-fourths of the mental illnesses begin before age 24. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, as I'm going to ask you questions about your personal experiences, please know that I only share what you're comfortable sharing. Mm -hmm. That's fine. And, um, but, so, you have a son that has... Mm -hmm what Taylor has schizophrenia uh
1: he was originally diagnosed with bipolar type 1 and schizoaffective you know but he they've modified that over the last I guess it's been six and a half years now to schizophrenia because that's just that's just where he is
0: when did you first see signs of him doing something that you thought that's not normal
1: <laughs> well I noticed when he was after puberty which is really where it tends to go downhill um he his affect became a lot more flat and he had a hard time uh expressing emotions in the appropriate time and place Mm. so that concerned me and then um he didn't he started to show less and less like compassion. He'd always been emotional at the right time. I my father-in-law passed away. He cried at his funeral. I thought, oh okay, well we're good. He was about seventeen at the time. And I thought, okay, mm-hmm. that's normal. You know, he's he's sad and and then when he went to OU in two thousand eleven, he almost immediately took the little SkyTook boy to Norman, Oklahoma, and put him on a campus with twenty thousand other people, um, he started hearing voices. And mm. even with that, even with that, we still couldn't go down that road in our own minds. And actually, I was sitting in the parking lot at Emmanuel Baptist Church because I was—it was October, and I was coming to some event that was happening there. I don't know what was going on, like a. A rummage sale of some sort. I don't know. It was in October, and he called from his advisor's office and said, "I'm failing every single class that I'm enrolled in. My advisor suggests I should withdraw. It won't show up on my record, and I can start again maybe next year." And I thought, "Okay, I remember when he got that one B in Mrs. <laughs> Is Mrs. O'Neill or McNeil's class. I can't remember the geometry teacher." Um, and he was devastated by that. And here he was... His tone was completely flat.
0: You didn't hear anger? You didn't hear... Nothing.
1: And it was shocking. So he came home and went through a whole process of him trying to go to TCC, trying to go back to OU.
0: And you have younger out. children at home. Under mm-hmm. He's your
1: oldest. He is my oldest. Um, you know, at around t- 2013 when my second child joined the navy i saw he had continued to deteriorate was refusing to get treatment because he was an adult at that point (laughs) you can't force that until you can get the guardianship and then he um he used some drugs that he thought would stop the voices and they did but only because he was unconscious it's So do you feel like the
0: drugs that he used at 21, was that the first time he had been using?
1: Oh, he had been smoking pot in high school. I know he had because I could smell it in the car. And, you know, I mean, it sky tickets everywhere, Mm -hmm. like literally everywhere. (laughs) Um, I can tell you exactly who he got it from, in fact. But I'm sure you're a smart woman and you can determine who the best sources are. But, you know, so um, then he brought him home we actually got a call from jesse brewer who was with the osage county sheriff's department and said this kid is this kid is he's not okay i need you guys to to come and get him and he said i don't know what's going on but just take him home so mm-hmm. we did and um went and got him into some treatment some outpatient treatment He did that. He stayed clean for a very long time and then 2015 rolled around and he was, for whatever reason, he'd gotten mixed up with some people here in town and um, was over in somewhere in Claremore and ended up walking into someone's house because he said he saw people on her roof and he wanted to warn her. And that was the beginning of the downward spiral into the abyss of severe mental illness for us. That was June 1st of 2015 that he was admitted to the hospital. We talked to Rogers County; they they didn't they dropped any charges because of his illness. And then by November he was admitted to Hillcrest for psychosis. And uh, last week was his 12th admission to the no. hospital. So we now have guardianship of him. And uh, he is actually being discharged from another facility today and refuses to go to residential care um, and just kind of it's it's a battle because with people like him, they can't they're not like you and I, they don't have that moment where, of clarity that they say. I should be laughing and smiling, everyone else is, this is wrong and I'm gonna go get help. Or like with me, it's, I really shouldn't probably be crying on my way home from work every single day. I think I should probably get help now. Oh, come on. So, um, you know, there's, he, they don't have, it's called anosognosia, it actually has a medical term. They don't have the ability to gain that level of insight into their own illness to identify that they need help and they need care. Um, and they live in a very delusional world. So um, that's the issue with him is we're battling not just a very desperately failed mental illness system, but also the, the illness itself, basically. Yeah. So we're kind of up against So our, things.
0: So our, our illnesses like ADD, which is attention deficit disorder, mm-hmm. um, ODD, which is oppositional defiance mm-hmm. disorder... Um, let's see some of the other things, anxiety, mm-hmm. um, all of those are, um, considered typical mm-hmm. mental or, you know, just mm-hmm. mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so how, how are we just now seeing so much of this in kids? The ADD is something, even just since I've been a parent, mm-hmm. When my first children were starting in school, that that wasn't a thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so much anxiety wasn't a thing, mm-hmm. even back then, you know? Um, so, all of those are also considered... Because I think a lot of people categorize a learning disability, which would be ADD, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, as not a mental illness. But it did. De- It definitely is.
1: It is. It is. And, you know, I think the problem you come up with is, and a lot of people like to use the word stigma, I will, you'll never hear me use that word because it's just nonsense. It's discrimination is what it is. And, um, you know, the days of, well, that's kid's just hyperactive. He just needs to drink less sugar. We've, we've definitely gone beyond that. And, um, I I think that, again, we go back to our whole societal makeup now versus what versus then. And, you know, we're finding now that adults have ADD. Adults have ADHD. This is not a childhood illness. It may be a manifestation of of a severe anxiety and not able to process all of these emotions it may be just an inability to handle all of the chemical imbalance in the brain and that's the way it presents itself other people you know just kind of withdraw inside and that tends to come out as a depression more so than anything but they were always there Mm -hmm. we just didn't acknowledge them they were always there we just Again, we just discriminated I against like, them.
0: <clears throat> yes. And I, and I could maybe name three or four. Mm-hmm. Okay. But <clears throat> what makes it so d- different? You know, because there were three or four people that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you would hear the phrases. you know, she's just got a case of the blues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or um, whatever. But three or four... I knew of that I can pull up in my head. Mm-hmm. And today I can't, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I can't even get through my immediate family mm-hmm. inside this one under this one roof without bringing up some type of what is now considered a mental illness. Um, so I just I'm so curious how I feel like the numbers have grown, mm-hmm. even though we did, you know, just tell people, you know, suck it up and mm-hmm. deal with life mm-hmm. Um but I still feel like the proportions, the percentage, has really grown. I'm worried I, about that. I just feel
1: like our brains can only process so much information. And with the level of... Infra- Do you remember being the remote control for your parents? I Yes. Do you remember yes. at the end of the day of uh, the National Anthem playing on the TV? Yes. That thing didn't go 24 hours a day. You had three channels and PBS. Right. We didn't have 500 channels to access. We didn't have our little uh, tracking devices that we carry around with us everywhere that had our email in it and people texting us and calling us and access to the internet all day long. If you couldn't think of somebody's name, you just didn't think of their name. You didn't look it up because you couldn't, you know, and I was thinking about that the other day. It's I couldn't think of something and I'm like, well, let me just check it here. Well. We didn't have that option right back back then you know and i think it's okay to not overload our brains quite so much right. as we as we i think it's okay to you know um just have a little bit go to a, a minimalist Approach to input, you know the human brain can only <coughs> can only Sorry. process so much before it hits complete overload, just like a computer can only take so much right Our brain is really not that different, right. so we're putting a big task on the human brain and look at kids Ugh. I mean good God, look at what they have to deal with right these days, right, so It's just a lot, I think. And I think as human beings, we need to give ourselves a break. True. We really do.
0: Okay. Well, I think we're going to take a little bit of a break on that note. Okay. And um, then we'll come back. We'll finish up a couple of things from this. And then we're going to move into the serious mental health issues, um, the laws that are in place right now that makes treatment difficult. I've Mm -hmm. heard this from you Mm -hmm. many, many times. So I want to hear you get into that. And um, so we will be back and we'll see you in part two.